Hey, what's going on? Uh, we're now in another chat of Let's Talk Tourism. We're here in the, the SCP Redmond in Redmond, Oregon. And I have the honor to have a guest who is uh, involved, who has been involved in a lot of things and very diverse. And now he is focusing mostly on uh, agri-tourism. And uh, we're going to hear his history and also his thoughts about this industry of agritourism and a little bit about why Central Oregon is such an attractive place. So um, it's an honor, CJ. Thank you for, for accepting you. the invitation. And uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from originally? Or Well, I'm from back east, New Jersey. New Jersey, perfect. You ever been to New Jersey? Not yet. There's Not no yet. reason to change that. <laughs> well, now I was like I, I, I don't speak well huh? Jer Jersey, so if you need to, you can edit that out. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, uh, but, uh, so, I'm from Jersey, and then I, I went to went to college in in uh, Utah. Okay. And uh, what, what was your degree? Uh, Utah State. I have a degree in plant science. Amazing. And and then uh, I, I've always been interested in the West, so I, I went back to Jersey a bit, wow. but I ended up moving to California, Sacramento, and got in the financial business. Something then, completely different, huh? Well, it wasn't my career, uh, it wasn't my college education, but it was much more in line with my, with my uh, fundamental interests, which is small business and um, finance. So I, I ended up specializing in pension plans and uh, working on uh, 401k plans back when they were very new, very new. Mm -hmm. and pioneering in, in it. What, uh, what, what decades? Do you know? Uh, so this is, uh, I joined, well, the, the market crashed in 1987, and I was sitting in my truck. I was with a landscape company at the time. Uh -huh. In 1987, the market crashed, and I said, that's the business I want to be in. <laughs> and the following May, okay. I, I joined the industry with a company and got a stockbroker's license. And we, we specialized in working with family-held businesses. And we would transition. There would be multi-million dollar enterprises. And we worked on the estate plan to transition them to the future generations. So that was kind of interesting. A lot of technical, a lot of law, a lot of a lot of issues related to uh, how family businesses operate mm -hmm. and partnerships and corporations at the at the independent private types of business kind of level okay and um, I did that and over over a period of time I, I became a 401k specialist mm -hmm. and um, that was early 90s and uh, did that Sacramento, all over Northern California. Did some estate planning for some wineries, and really didn't get involved with with my education. But I always had it on the side. I had a little vineyard at my house, and uh, I, I always dabbled in the in the horticulture side. So um, and so you were back and forth. Um, what made you decide? to come over here in uh, Oregon and in the well, central Well, after Sac I was in Sacramento. Sacramento, when I moved there with my wife, it was called the, the biggest little cow town in America. And it was real, it was, it was a great city. But it, it's deteriorated and Sacramento has become a, a, a hole. I, in fact, 
I saw an article today talking about uh, homelessness in various liberal cities. Oh. And they talked about Sacramento. Mm. When, when I was there, there was no homeless problem. When we moved there, there was no homeless issues. There was, it, was, it was a very business-focused community, and it did real well. And, uh, but it, it deteriorated, as with so much of California. Mm. So I moved up to Tahoe. And then um, things got bad everywhere. And in 2007, uh, I, left, I left South Lake Tahoe, where I had a home for 20-something years. I, I left there and moved to Incline Village on the north end of the lake okay. in Nevada and spent a year and a half or so there. And then I, uh, well, what I was doing was I had quit my career. And I had had offices in the East Coast, in New Jersey, mm -hmm. and in Sacramento, and I was with Morgan Stanley. And I would be going back and forth, and then I started realizing that working with all these big corporations was really undermining our society, and you know, it's an oppressive environment. And so I quit my career in 2007, on my birthday, on my 50th birthday, mm -hmm. and I bought video cameras and started videoing rock concerts in Tahoe and Nevada and Northern California. Completely and I got different. Completely different. Industry. I went from a PC to a Mac. <laughs> I literally went from PC life to yeah. a Mac huh. and got involved in, uh, I, filmed, I filmed some great acts, uh, mm -hmm. Zepparella, uh, four ladies that do Led Zeppelin covers, very popular, especially with people my age. And um, uh, Melvin Seals, Melvin Seals was Jerry Garcia's keyboard player. Jackie Green, I had the pleasure of filming Jackie Green at a private concert. And, uh, he's with the Black Crows now. Um, and I got connected with the creme de la creme of the, of the Tahoe area. Music production, which was really just two people, because most of the people in the music business I found were kind of schmucky. It's a tough industry, and, and there's a lot of schmucks and a lot of backstabbing. But I got connected with a guy named Robbie, who ran a company called Renegade Productions, or Renegade Concerts. And he was, he was older than me, about eight years, and he, he treated me like his long-lost younger brother. And, his concerts were my concerts. And I built a portfolio of about 100 different concerts. I, I filmed people like uh, uh, little Dave Thompson, mm -hmm. who was uh, one of the world's greatest blues players. He won the WR Handy. That is something that I knew. Uh, get my culture into that, because you're telling me these names, and I assume they're big. But, but I have no knowledge, so I have to. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> but unfortunately, little, little Dave Thompson um, didn't, didn't make it home from a tour one night. Okay. It's a rough business out there on I the can, road. And, I bet. And uh, unfortunately, they, 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 had a, uh, they ran into a tree, and he didn't make it. Um, he was a family man, and he, was, he, he wanted to get home to his wife and kids. And it, it, it was a sad thing. He was a good guy. I, he came to my studio. And, but um, worked with uh, a lot of great yes. BC-level 
touring acts, emerging talent, not the great big stuff. Uh -huh. Sammy Hagar, people called me up and asked me if I wanted to film him because he had a, he had a uh, place that he owns up there in South Lake Tahoe, and he was coming in. I said, no, I don't, I, I'm not interested. Great. And they were kind of shocked. I'm like, you know, I don't want to deal with people that, you know, are already made it, number one. And I don't want to, there, there's an arrogance amongst mm. certain people. And I don't know that he was arrogant, but I didn't, I didn't need that. I like working with people that were aspiring uh -huh. and, and going somewhere forward, not mm. already made it. And, you wow. know, yeah, it's, you like expecting people to bend over backwards to please them. I, mm. uh, so... You prefer to build, huh? To build I, work, I like working with people that are building. I like wh whether it was the small businesses in the financial business, yes. or the emerging talent, and now small farms yes. and um, families that want to create side businesses that might be niche market farms. Of course, um, and that that is something that I wanted to focus now our attention to. Um, you mentioned right now that you were doing all this. Uh, industry now focusing like maybe in a pivot into uh, agritourism and mostly on uh, you can say permaculture as well kind right. of that style. yeah so tell us a little bit about what you're doing I call it that. regenerative farming but permaculture is a is a term that goes with it yes um, so I quit my career uh -huh. and went back to my education and it was Finally. like I went, I went back to my education uh, and and I had to experience of learning how to do digital and all that stuff mm -hmm. and websites and stuff but now I came back to building greenhouses mm. and in building greenhouses I built a greenhouse on a trailer because I don't own the property I've been living on uh, well I've been touring the Pacific Northwest for 14 years now uh -huh. the past several years I've settled down I live on a farm north of town but okay. For a long time, I, I didn't I didn't know where I wanted to be, so I spent a lot of time on the Oregon coast, uh -huh. and then uh, ended up here in Redmond, uh, Bend area. Uh, it was a destination that I thought of much higher than the California version down there in Tahoe. Okay, mm -hmm. so it was a ski community, big on skiing, and it, and and South Lake Tahoe was the same. But they started calling South Lake Tahoe Oakland Ghetto with a view. At, now, I don't know about what it's called now. I left in 2007 or 2008. So now I started building greenhouses on trailers. And nobody had ever heard of that. And uh, it turns out it makes an awful lot of sense because the sun moves throughout the year, let alone throughout the day. And I'm not talking about on a trailer like I drive it up and down the road. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about I move it from time, you know, as, as need be. Hasn't moved now for, for months. Okay. But I live on a farm that's going to be developed. In, it's, it's a, in the process of being developed. Right. It's about two years before I'm going to have to move, I'm told, by the landlord. But it's going to become houses. Mm -hmm. So instead of building buildings and greenhouses that I'll have to abandon, I just hook it up and move it, along with all my chickens. And God forbid, if there's a, if there's a, a forest fire and I have to move my animals hmm. and my business, 
I just hook it up and I move it. I just don't let them out. The, the, the greenhouse also has a coop. Um, and then I started dabbling in, in vertical farming. Because it was a vertical greenhouse. I made it a vertical greenhouse. And I started layering my planting. And I started developing my own vertical planters. That's very and smart, because huh? it's a very practical way to have food. Well, I, I want to get a lot of I want to get a lot of production out of a small area, mm -hmm. and because I, I, I'm not going to be on a 40-acre farm, I don't want to manage a 40-acre farm. Mm -hmm. I want to get a lot of production out of a small area. So by growing vertically, I'm able to layer my food production, and I can water at the top, mm -hmm. and the water works its way down and then waters the stuff on the ground too. Huh. And then an another step was I started growing fish for aquaponics. So I fertilize at the same time as I water the plants with aquaponics. So I studied aquaponics a lot. In fact, you've heard the term aquaponics? Aquaponics, yes. Um, using mostly water to Grow your crops, yeah. Well, that's hydroponics. Okay. So you have hydroponics where you're where you're growing soilless, and okay. aquaponics is is where where you're growing. Um, you can do it soilless, or you mm -hmm. can do it with regular soil or a modification using different mediums. I use a modification. All right. But the thing about aquaponics that's really interesting is historically they believe, or, or some people believe, that the original aquaponics was done by the Aztec Indians, which mm -hmm. I think is really interesting. Yes. Their, their societies developed farming systems where they would build uh, the, the feed crops mm -hmm. and surround it with water filled with fish. So they'd be eating the fish and fertilizing the crops with the fish water. It's multitasking the water. Exactly. Uh -huh. yes, uh, in Mexico, they call it chinampas. Chinampas, that's the word that you, uh, it's like floating crops, huh? And so, that's go, you know, so we're talking uh, about this is, and years. this is why. As you know, I have that uh, Facebook web page called Heritage Food Project, mm -hmm. and that's part of the whole thing. I mean, talk about the heritage. We go back to the ancient Indians mm -hmm. to learn how to do stuff better today because it's that permaculture. Everything. It's that circle of life. It's the using a balance of nature instead of using chemicals to try and manage nature. Exactly. You're using a balance of nature, mm -hmm. which includes fish, animals, livestock, plants, uh -huh. soil, in a symbiotic relationship exactly. mm -hmm. that helps manage the pests, the bugs, but a lot of bugs are good. So it's bringing in the bees, the pollinators, and it's it's making it's a multi-diverse species environment from fish to bugs. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And, and all through there, you have food opportunities. Yes. Right? For and a lot of people species. say, we should be, you know, humans. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. A lot of people are saying we should, as humans, look to eat insects. Mm -hmm. I got a better idea. Let's grow the mealworms 
and earthworms, feed that to the fish and the chickens, and eat the fish and the chickens. Yes, much better. And also, um, it's a healthy way for them to have the nutrients, which, Great will, nutrients. which, which go back to us as well. Then. Yeah. No, that's we just important. process it through, through them, and they enjoy their life. And it, you, know, animal, uh -huh. you know, the thing I know about people that raise livestock, uh -huh. it's a heartbreaking business because mm. animals die. And you try your best. I read a, I read a, a posting last night. Uh, a girl has a friend whose pig gave birth to 13 piglets. They all died. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but apparently she, in her post, and I didn't check on this, but in her post she said that they have to get adopt, uh, abandoned piglets on her. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the pig will die. It's a heartbreaking huh, business. It's that. just... So the, the so it's very was, it's very complex. It's oh, very, it's very complex. So st I don't know why the, the piglets died. Uh -huh. Maybe there was too many of them. Uh, some, it, it, but be. you know, it's so so they were not healthy enough individually because there was too many of them. Mm -hmm. But the thing I find with people that grow animals mm -hmm. is they care mm -hmm. for their animals. That's yeah, true. they're growing food that's going to be eaten in the future. It has a purpose, mm -hmm. but. They treat them incredibly well with love. That's why they call it animal husbandry. You know that mm. term "husband" is, is a loving term. So that's very. It's a lot of things that you mentioned, and it, and it's really uh, how do you say it? It's important to focus on that. To also, uh, it also benefits the community, which keeps it tries to keep it sustainable as well. You know. So, regarding now um, to that which I'm going to ask you another question down the line. Um, I'm, going to to, uh, I'm going to have to go. You're going to have to go? Uh, yeah, that's what the alarm is for. Uh, okay. Uh, are we getting one more question? Or are you well, let's do one yeah. more question. Okay. I, and we're going to talk about, well, we decided to talk a little bit about um, tourism as well. Um, so what, what do you think that this region is, uh, is such an, an attractor? Oh, you know, it's, it's a spectacular region from a visual perspective the history mm -hmm. is just so incredible the volcanoes mm -hmm. it's just I didn't know that when I came here I didn't know it was filled with volcanoes and cinder uh, cones mm -hmm. and so it, it's spectacular from a visual point of view mm -hmm. it's a rugged place it's a rugged place and people mm -hmm. come here for that rugged outdoor experience because mm -hmm. it's it's a harsh community and the people that came out here and and, and, and the people that have lived here through the past, uh -huh. it, was a, it was a tough life. Hmm. Um, and, and today, people are coming here from all over the country, all over the world. It's one of the top tourism destinations. From my point of view, yes. it's a great place to build a business in the media business because people are coming here you build a connection with them, hmm. and then they go home to Boston or Colorado or, or New York, uh, maybe even New Jersey, <laughs> and um, okay. maybe London. They go home, and you're still connected with them. So it's a way to spread the word. So from a, a agritourism business, it's a great way to connect with people Lead me to it. Uh -huh. and help teach them because part of agritourism is an education thing. Yes. It's teaching people not only um, about the food but how to produce the food. 
Exactly. So the, the, the Oregon program is actually called the Culinary and Agritour Initiative. Okay. I thought that was real interesting, Culinary and Agritour Program or something mm -hmm. like that. And they're connecting the production of the food as an education program. Uh -huh. And so you're, you're learning how to grow the food, you're learning how to process the food, you're building all, all sorts of companies out here. Certainly they make a tremendous amount of beer that's sold all over the world. But they're also making hot sauces and a lot of different spices and, and things like that. They're growing herbs and uh, hops. Uh, so th that is very, um, that, I've, that is a very different way of seeing things that, I, like you said, that is what I wanted to bring in together, like agriculture for here in the Central Orient region, and also examples for other communities around the world that I can take that initiative. If well. you can make it in the agriculture business here, uh -huh. you can make it anywhere. Huh. So that's, that's uh, an accomplishment. Huh? <laughs> that's a, a good... Um, that's, the way, that's the way I look at it, but I do have saying. that New York background. <laughs> so, and I know you, you gotta go. But I want to give you a little bit of opportunity to let the people know what you're doing. Like, where can you find? Where can they find you? Websites, phone number as well. If you, you want. You know, to. I, I'm not a big Facebook fan, but I really right. like the Facebook groups. Okay. And if they ever break up Facebook, the groups will hopefully all get better, even. But they're good. <laughs> okay. And it's a good way to connect with people, communicate with people, learn. I've, I'm, in, I'm doing chicken, I'm growing chickens. I learned an awful lot about how to grow chickens and care for chickens oh, yeah. and pigs. And, and uh, I'm on a cattle ranch. I've, I turn to the Facebook pages and I people see. post what their problem is, their pictures of the problem. And then other people who have experience respond. Uh -huh. And, you know, there's some wise guys, and I'm one of them sometimes. Uh -huh. But all in all, it's a real helpful medium. Yeah, so is. I have two Facebook sites. Which okay. are they, please? So the Facebook group that I mentioned before is the Heritage Food Project. Heritage Food Project. And okay. then for small business or growing business, emerging business, and musicians. Remember, musicians, it's called the music business. Two words, music, music business. business. That's another group. So, well, the, the, the group that I use okay. for business is called Small Farms, Innovators, and Entrepreneurs. Small Farms, Innovators, and Entrepreneurs. Okay. So I post on that. I think you joined that. You saw yes. it. Uh -huh. I'm posting things about um, the new laws on how to raise capital mm -hmm. for your business to either start it or grow it. And... This is new. When I was in the financial business, it was illegal for you to even know about Google raising money when they were a private company. Yes. Okay, it was illegal since 1933. So now the law is that there's an avenue. In 2012, the Jobs Act created crowdfunding, where you can crowdfund a business in two different ways. There's one that's called Reg CF stands for regulation crowdfunding mm -hmm. and the other is called reg a plus reg a plus is actually a way pretty much to take your company public and you can raise up to 75 million dollars now it's not a cakewalk you got to have a good company of course and that's not necessarily for a startup 
but Reg CF you can do startups with and raise up to five million dollars in a calendar in a cal- not even I'm sorry five million dollars in a 12 month period. Mm. Now people aren't going to just throw the money at you. You have to build it and create a a system and a and a concept that's worthy of the investment. Uh-huh. But you don't have to deal with the stink. You, you still want to have lawyers, and and there's still a banker in the background. There's still a broker dealer association because you're raising money through what's called a portal. But you're not having to deal with the stinking lawyers and the stinking bankers. Mm-hmm. So that's a win-win for everybody. It's a win-win for everybody but the bankers and the lawyers. <laughs> you so, save money. You're marketing your investment opportunity to your prospective clients. Mm-hmm. If somebody's buying your product and they like your product and you're offering them the opportunity to invest in the growth of your company, they might do it. That's it's also a great way, uh-huh. and I come from an estate planning perspective it's a great way for grandma and granddad to invest with the kids and the grandkids and the great-grandkids and invest money that grandma and grandpa will then bequeath to the generations but involve them get those young kids their children their grandchildren to me a 40 year old's a young kid get mm-hmm. them involved in the process of selecting and understanding what those businesses that's free market that's free enterprise. That's true. It's a win-win, and, and we should definitely take advantage of that. And if you're seeing this video, definitely check what he's doing, what CJ is doing. You'll be uh, amazed what, what's possible. You know? And hopefully in the future, he can keep contributing to what he's trying to do with agritourism. So uh, with, uh, thank you for your time. Appreciate you, and uh, have a good one. Take care.